Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer, and welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And we've got a great show for you tonight. Um, sad, uh, but something I think we're going we're to... What we're going to do is talk about how the media kind of picks its little favorites when it comes to missing people. And so do we as a culture, um, actually. And so we go looking for the, the people who have all the money. And uh, quite frankly, um, even though all of our guests tonight, the people that are missing are also white, it also usually focuses on white people um, that we go looking for. And then the other ones just kind of fall by the wayside because the media isn't interested if the story isn't sexy. So if you have a relative who might be addicted to drugs or have some kind of uh, issue like that, which is a lot of people, and they go missing, um, if people can, you know how we are as people, we, I'm getting out, I'm doing my little editorial here. You know how we are as people, like we're super judgmental. And so we love to find a reason that they must have disappeared so that we feel safer and better that it's not going to happen to us. Um, but there's no guarantees in life. And that's, it does sometimes happen to all of us. So we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. Um, and uh, we were going to have the greater Idaho people on, but we have so many guests on this. We can only put six at a time. So we can't, we, I put Mike tomorrow. So he's going to be on tomorrow night again with also a gubernatorial candidate who's running on the um, Republican ticket tomorrow. So that'll be coming up tomorrow. So first let's, let's, let's just start the whole show with this. That's what I don't understand. From the 1120 AM and 93.7 FM, KPNW Studios, I'm Bill London. And look at you. <laughs> Sarah, look at that introduction. Isn't Rick you such a charmer? Bring the lion out. We had a sketch artist do a drawing. Um, tonight on our show, we're going to have... Music therapy has been shown to release... It's time now for Rick. Hey guys, don't you think it's kind of fun? that you get to comment on the news. There's a cost. Oh yeah, there's a cost. People come after you. Like, I think that's why this is so much fun. Now it's time to get real. Said, now it's time to get real. I mean, really real. It's a big dose of really real real with Rick. I'll see you at five. And it's five o'clock, so we are here and let's just get right into Bill London and the news. Bill, take it away, buddy. Good evening from the News Radio 1120 AM and 93.7 FM, KPNW Studios. I'm Bill London. Hola. All right. So following up kind of where we left off last night, and that is dealing with Governor Kate Brown giving clemency to 75 felons who were convicted as juveniles and sentenced to more than 15 years imprisonment prior to the enactment of Senate Bill 1008. And a number of extremely violent murderers, as I laid out last night, and sexual predators may very well be released because of the governor's actions and the changes that were enacted in Senate Bill 1008, which stated what the parole board has to consider as it determines whether to release an offender who was convicted as a juvenile. Victim impact is not a part of that equation. Victims can still file a statement, but they cannot be considered as part of the parole, according to Senate Bill 1008. Now, people have asked, what can I do? How can I have my voice heard? Turns out the parole board is taking public comment right now on the rule changes, and that would include not hearing from victims and considering the victim's impact statements as to whether to parole a convicted felon or not. 
when it comes to juvenile offenders. So if you go to my Facebook page on my show, The Wake Up Call, which is on KPNW 6 a.m. to 9. If you go to our Facebook page, Wake Up Call 1120, you will see all the information there, where to send that information, whom to email. Be nice to them. But you will see that there. Maybe, Rick, we can get you to uh, share that on your Facebook page. Um, but that's one way that you can have yourself heard. Also, there's contact information, how you can send some, you know, your opinion to Governor Kate Brown over her decision. Um, also, on this tomorrow morning, Brian Aker, whom we talked about, who was the fiance of Lisa Flormo, who was killed by Todd DeVia. We I went pretty far in depth on that particular story. Tomorrow morning on the wake-up call at 727, Brian Aker will be appearing on our show, and we're going to talk to him. So that said, let's just completely change the subject. Um, it was election day yesterday. Nothing really big, but a couple of things that were being closely watched. One were a pair of sales tax measures, one in Cannon Beach, and it would essentially enact a 5% sales tax on restaurant meals to fund Canyon Beach Rural Protection District and build a new city hall. It so far is passing 52 to 48%. Newport was considering the same type of sales tax. It would have added more police and bilingual library employees to staffers there, failing by a huge margin, 68 to 32%. Democrats in the legislature really been closely watching that particular bill um, as Oregonians have turned down sales taxes multiple times at the polls. Also, in another closely watched race, Harney County became the eighth in Oregon to require county commissioners to consider and start working to shift the boundaries of that county to become a part of the state of Idaho. And the final vote, 63 to 37%. Union, Baker, Grant, Lake, Malheur, Sherman, and Jefferson counties earlier approved similar measures. Also, a judge has found that the new congressional districts that were passed specifically by Oregon Democrats during a legislative special session and signed by the governor meet all the legal criteria. And the judge says there's little evidence they amount to blatant partisan gerrymandering. The tentative opinion, notice I said tentative, was released by retired state judge Henry Breithaupt, and it's not the final word on the ongoing lawsuit where Republicans are seeking to have the new sixth district congressional map redrawn. He, the judge, Breithaupt, is acting as a special master in the case. He's tasked with making findings of fact for a five-judge panel that will decide the actual outcome. The findings by Breithaupt suggest that Republicans have failed to prove their insistence that Democrats purposely stacked and gerrymandered the new congressional districts in their own favor. A lawsuit, if you recall, was filed on behalf of former Secretary of State Bev Clarno, and it called the map a clear, egregious gerrymander. Now, that map actually received an F from Princeton University's Gerrymandering Project, a team of academics and legal analysts at Princeton University, and they gave the state a failing grade for partisan fairness in that particular map. Oregon got an F because of its combination of the map not being fair to Republicans in the state of Oregon and the fact there were not enough competitive districts. Breithaupt's opinion relies heavily on a set of proposed assertions 
suggested by Democratic Attorney General Ellen Rosenblum's office, which is representing the legislature in defending the map. And finally, a blow is coming through. Yeah, we're going to get an Alista or something like that. Um, actually, a storm is rolling through. It's going to hit the coast starting tonight and roll into tomorrow morning. Along the coast, we can see sustained winds of 45 miles an hour with gusts up to 65. That's from Reedsport all the way up to Florence. And starting tomorrow afternoon, we may see those winds roll into the valley here where we could expect winds you know, up to 30 miles an hour and gusts up to 40. All right. I think we need some real. I think we need to get real with Rick. Rick, get real. All right. Thanks, Bill. We love your work, your hard work, and uh, bringing us news that nobody else talks about. Megan Hayes, you rask on here. Did the uh, greater Idaho thing pass? No. What happens is they're asking each county. This is just an advisory thing to get people to say, what do you think? And it passed. That passed. More people in Harney County who voted said they would like to do that than said they would not. So this is a long ways from happening. But the interesting thing is that we would hope that our um, legislative leaders and um, the governor would, would look and say, huh, there's a lot of dissatisfied people with how things are going. And maybe we need to represent all the people not just the ones that vote for us. Oh, that's an interesting idea. I know it's a novel concept that you actually pay attention to what everybody says, not just the ones who like you. Oh, that brings up something really interesting. Where did I put that? Oh, I put it on my computer so I'd remember. I, so somebody who disagrees with me, imagine, um, wrote on one of my pages something that I thought was profound. Um, People were talking about this greater Idaho and, and people moving. And this person was trying to guilt people like, oh, you're leaving. Why are you? you oh, you won't stick it out and help Oregon. And he says, it's because you don't adequately communicate or convince people of your position. Doesn't that say everything? You're supposed to. So whoever communicates their position better and then convinces people. I thought we were supposed to just listen to each other, come up with ideas, listen to each other, and then have a compromise to make it work. But no, according to the people who are in control, which is not you and me, you have to adequately communicate, and then you convince or browbeat them until they listen to you. Huh. Well, now I, I laughed. I smiled so big because I went, I knew that. I've known that for years, but now they actually say it. <laughs> it's not about listening to anybody. It's about browbeating you until you listen and do what they tell you. And that's why people are leaving Oregon or trying to get the state to move into Idaho. That's what's going on out there. But nobody wants to hear that part. So um, that section of our newscast tonight was brought to you by Chris Dental Family Dentistry, um, Dr. Michael Bratlin. Um, their office is very, very COVID friendly. They have lots of equipment that's cleaned after every person leaves. Uh, they also do not require you to show or talk about your vaccine status because they feel that healthcare is healthcare and your choice, your freedom to choose is still your freedom to choose. Uh, so if that sounds like the kind of dentist you want, he's my dentist and a lot of people, he's super busy because a lot of people like people that stand up for what they believe in and he welcomes everyone. Doesn't care what you believe, just that you come in and get your dental care taken care of. 
Toronto. That's Dr. Michael Bratlin, our dentist. Now, we have a very serious topic to talk about tonight. Um, I don't remember exactly when. We have three families coming on. Um, and they all have someone in their lives that are missing. And um, then you see this big case all over the news, back east in Florida, where all the attention, the media has decided these are the darlings, they have money, they have everything, and they'll make the perfect story. Well, what happens to the people that don't make the perfect story but are still missing? And what happens to their families? And that's what we're gonna to talk to about in a couple of minutes. But we have a sponsor for that segment. And Jamie, I'm going to bring you on here. Hey, Jamie Olson, how you doing? Good. How are you, Rick? I'm good. So, Jamie, you guys, I I love finding out new stuff. It just, I, I, I love it. So, Oregon Run Winery. Yes, sir. Is yours, and it's it, I tell. So, tell us what I saw the bit. So, I went online because these they called up said we want to sponsor this thing. They're really good friends with the Bryson family. And um, they said, we want to sponsor. I said, well, then show me your place because I think people should see this. It's right off of I-5. And they serve breakfast burritos and hamburgers. And the hamburgers look really good online. You did a good job with your pictures, Jamie. I got to tell you. <laughs> Whoever shot those pictures for you, that's really good. So I'd tell like me about credit for that, but I can't. So, so tell me about your place, what you guys do. Well, first off, it's a, fa it's a family operation. Uh, my daughter, Rachel, son, Jack, my son-in-law, Joe, um, and then the rest of my family, uh, my wife, Erin, and Asia, uh, we have a winery here. And we've been in the farming and agriculture business for since my dad first farmed here in Oregon in 1955. So wow. we've grown just about every crop you can think of in the Willamette Valley, from wine grapes to hazelnuts to grass seed to blueberries, everything. And so uh, this is kind of a new venture for us here, this, this property we have here on Diamond Hill Drive. And we wanted to be close to our friends, the farmers, and all our all these local folks, and be able to provide great food and uh, showcase our wines. And we also make our own beer. So you make your own. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, wait, wait. Magic word. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm snotty about two things: coffee and beer. Well, you got to come down now that we've officially met. What's it? What's it called? Is it's it called Olson? It's called Olson Run Beer, and it's a lager. I'm going to get you a, a can here in a second. And uh, so that's one of the other things we have. And, you know, we're just we're really just showcasing the things that have grown on our farms for for this you know last six decades. And, um, you know, the thing is uh, with the Bryson family, I mean, most importantly, you know, all these folks here that we've met locally since we've been here, um, we've had this place with the food truck. Yeah, so you guys, there's an old gas station that's not a gas station anymore. That's correct. It's a 60 years ago, I think it was a. Oh, no Jamie. It no longer is. It's just our winery and a place for our friends and, and all the locals to come and eat and hang out. And uh, again, we've met all these great people here locally. And, uh, you know, this this cause for finding these missing people, it's just, it's just heart wrenching. And, you know, regardless of business, hey, we'd love to have you come here, but let's. Let's try to find these folks. It's just, it's just, we're all just shocked by it all. Yeah. And so we're going to, that, and that's why you guys are sponsoring and we yeah. really thank you. I do have to ask you, I'm sorry, but people are asking questions. Give oh. them the location off of I-5. You guys just yeah. right off of I-5. Yeah. So what we tried to do, everybody goes a winery and a food truck right on I-5. Well, we're trying to be here close by where people, you know, a lot of times, well, we don't got time to drive 10 miles up in the hills. Well, just stop right here. Now you can see the cars go by. 
it's exit 209 and we got we got people coming in right now it's exit 209 just we're probably a thousand feet from interstate five yeah you the can... harrisburg junction city exit and again we're just it's just a family place you come in it's easy going great food we only use the best quality ground chuck and ribeye and uh good prices and lots of it so so tell me somebody wants to know if you somebody wants to know if you have a riesling uh we do not have a riesling right now we have two sauvignon blancs one sweet one dry we have a viognier we have pinot noir that have come from some of our vineyards up north around monmouth and then we just added last week a malbec uh and a uh a pinot gris and uh they're all wonderful so um that's currently what's in our line, of course, in our Olson Run beer, too. Well, I'm getting reports already that says you have very good food. Oh, good. And, <laughs> and, and Penny says you have great beer, and she says you're a beautiful family, too. So oh, Penny, thank you, Penny. That's she so knows nice. You. Thank um, you thank Oregon you. Gold Hunter wants to go. Um, they said, Mandy says you also have good wine. Do you have any hard ciders? We, do, uh, Megan, we don't have hard ciders yet. We're looking into that. But, but interesting you brought that up because Rachel, my daughter, who kind of runs the day-to-day -day logistics, said, just texted me earlier today, we have our liquor license now. So, you know, we're, we're not your nor normal tavern and bar where we stay open until 1.30. But if you want to come through, have a burger, you know, we, we're, we're open 11 to 7 every day. And then on Saturdays, we're usually open to like 10 or 11 because we do music shows and comedy events. We have a comedy event oh. coming up this Saturday. Okay, somebody put on here, I didn't trust you, Megan, yeah. I think it was you. Somebody said, oh, we went to a comedy thing there. Yeah, well, Joe, who's my daughter's uh, husband, my son-in-law, uh, is a professional comic in L.A. He's been on stage with all, with all the big comics. And when COVID hit, he came, they moved up here and we started this operation. So he puts on, produces all the shows. We get great folks. So, you guys, if you just Google, um, that's what I did, Olson Run Winery, it's Olson with an E. Um, it'll pop up. It shows you a map of where it is and it gives you a menu and all that other stuff. Hey, Jamie, thank you so much. And thank you for sponsoring the show tonight. Okay. You bet. And good luck and, and uh, sympathies to all these families that are dealing with this really difficult stuff. All right, buddy. Thank you. Now that is rural Oregon. That's what rural Oregon is all about. Um, somebody called in. And this is a couple things. Oh, yeah, I'll just tell you first. It doesn't matter. Um, our shows are always, you know, paid for. But they said we just want to we want to make sure that you're compensated, you and your wife. And so they pay for a show, and all we have to do is give them a little bit of publicity, and that's what they did. See, that's how people do things, and I love that about rural America. Um, it's not a bunch of penny pension squeeze and dimes, and it's like, what do you do the right thing? You shake hands, and that's a deal, and. Uh, the, that um, Bryson's are a big part of Harrisburg and that community. And those people in Harrisburg have pulled together for them in a big way. So I'm going to bring them on first right here. There's Tina and Paris. You guys know them. Um, they're very handsome son. Hold on. Let me find my picture here. It's going to cover up the middle here, but that's Michael Bryson. Um, he disappeared. How long ago now, guys? We're about three days from 15 months. August 5th. And you know what I'm going to do? Because that's that's Michael. And then I'm going to bring on Cherish and Brandon. Hi, Cherish and Brandon. How are you? Good. Thank Great. You. 
and your relative is hold on i gotta move you up here because i'm gonna put this picture up and it's gonna cover you up and that's so rude so so mm -hmm. tell, us about, tell us a little bit about your relative um so chase is my little baby brother um that's him and he went missing april 29th of 2020 so we're just over a year and then we have Lacey. Lacey, are you there? Are you? I'm gonna try another one. Lacey, I'm gonna try another one. Lacey, there she is. Lacey, oh dang. Okay, I'm gonna pull one of those off. Lacey, can you? You have more light on you. Can you hear me? I think she's having a signal issue. We're going to leave Lacey right there and see if she comes in and out. We'll, we'll uh, get some questions from her. So the real frustration here, you know what I think we could do? Let's do this really quick. Tina and Parrish, kind of give us a reader's digest of what happened, what we know that with, with in terms of Michael. Um, well, what we know is that Michael went to a renegade slash rave um, in August of 2020, and he never came home. Um, with that being said, um, we've had a lot of different stories been told to us, a lot of different um, scenarios, um, a lot of uh, a lot of empty what you'd call just chasing a rabbit down a rabbit hole. Um, but we also have had some really good good tips come in, um, some solid tips come in. The the problem, I'm just going to put it out there. Um, the problem that law enforcement has with some of the tips that we get is it doesn't come from quote unquote a credible witness and that's where i get hung up because what defines a credible witness is that somebody that um you see um standing on the standing at the pulpit every sunday or is it somebody you see every day on the street um what what defines a credible witness um that's where that's where i'm having a frustration right now um, because the stories that we're getting are from people that actually live down there and that live exactly where this happened. And we are confronting, we are talking, we are befriending them on a almost daily basis. And I've come to learn that, you know, you might get what we call, um, instead of folklore, you might call it tweaker lore. And out of that tweaker lore that you might get from somebody, there's about 10 to 15% of truth. And it's up to us to decipher that 10 to 15%. Um, so I think that we need to take a step back and realize this person might not be the most credible person in your eyes, but in someone else's eyes, they're telling the, the meat and potato of what needs, what needs to come forward. So Cherish and Brandon with Chase, similar, you know, both these young men and I'll, if I can't, Lacey, can you hear me, Lacey? Yeah, I just have bad service. I can hear you. Okay. So real quick, tell me the situation, but this is your um, husband that's missing, right? Okay. Yeah, she has really bad yeah. service. Okay. Let me pull. I'm going to, are you there, Lacey? Um. Okay, I'm going to pull this out for just a second. So Chase and Brandon, uh, Cherish and Brandon, excuse me. Chase has been missing since, you said? Um, April 29th of 2020. Are you experiencing the same thing as the Brysons? Uh, unfortunately, yes. 
Um, we've had some leads and I mean, especially right away, just people that had seen him driving down certain roads until uh, where his car was met or, you know, found. Um, we had a viewing at a gas station where I thought we could, you know, look at their cameras or pull the card that he used to pay for gas. Um, but none of that's really been um, looked after, after I kind of gave more to the story, unfortunately. So what's, so what's the hangout? I mean, I don't really know. I mean, to me, it's, you know, a dire situation. I have his daughter full time and she asks me where he is all the time and I don't have an answer. And it's, I don't want to confuse her. Um, but it's, you know, what, what would you say about that? Here, you know, let, me, let me do something for you real quick. I'm going to help you out here. L.R. Shaw just wrote on here, Oregon has the third highest rate of open missing person cases in the USA. This is an ongoing story and help from the public is needed to keep attention on the crisis and local law enforcement, state law enforcement, and the FBI need to make these investigations a priority. People don't just go missing like this without someone somewhere knowing something. I am sure that is what you guys are hedging on, but that's really the problem. Yeah, I think that, that comment just kind of nailed it on the head right there. It's a matter of priorities and it's a matter of resources. And I think, you know, you get someone bright and flashy, someone that becomes trendy on, on national television, you get some attention behind that and there's some accountability that comes with that. They want to get answers. But when it comes to these rural towns, these many of other thousands of other missing faces out there, it's not the same priority level and they don't have the resources to follow these types of tips. And we get tips all the time. It's been a year and a half now, and there's been dozens and dozens of tips that we try to follow up as much as we can on our own, but we need help. We need law enforcement to follow these tips. We need them to feel the priority of finding these people and following these tips because that's how you get the job done. And I just don't think there has been accountability towards that part of the process. And I think that's part of the problem we're experiencing in Oregon as a whole. Don't you think like if, if like for me, I've never had someone missing. So my thought is, okay, they're missing and the cops are going to come out and the detectives and everybody's going to do this. And there'll be people storming through the forest and looking for this stuff and they go out and, and it's just going to be continual like that. And then you get on your side of the story and you realize that's just this case we're watching in Florida. That's not really happening for most people. That's the media blowing it up into this big thing when most of the time the real story is people like you sitting here a year and a half later with no relative. Um, Lacey, she has kids, two, I think two kids is what she told me. Um, her yeah. husband's missing, gone. <clears throat> and that's that's the real story. So we can all, and plus culture, we love to feel good. So we go, oh yeah, I said, I'm sorry. And then I can walk away and do something else. Um, sorry doesn't bring back Chase. It doesn't bring back Lacey's husband and it doesn't bring back Michael Bryson. Right. And Go ahead. One, one thing I want to add to that is um, I, I tend to think that we as a community culture, however you want to say it, um, tend to get jaded um, towards certain um, things. And one thing that I will say is um, we've heard, you know, well, you know, that's just another druggie off the street. Um, I'm sorry. That's that's not the case. Um, our son went camping 
He went to a renegade. Yes, he knew that there was going to be drugs there. Yes, he was partying. And the the gentleman, um, one law enforcement said, well, what, did, what, what, what do you expect? Or what did he expect wow. by going there? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, what my son expected was to come home. Period. That's what my son expected. And if anybody has the audacity to say that to my face, I will correct them right there. Um, and I would I also tell them, I hope that you never have to experience what 1,294 people in Oregon are experiencing right now with the missing person in their loved, in a loved one that's gone. Is that 12? That's right now in Oregon? That's what's missing? That's that's what's only on one, on, on one side. I, I believe there's probably more. It's probably closing in on probably 14 to 1,500. So, so Chase also had his issues with drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I've talked with Parrish and Tina a lot. And the thing about Chase and Michael is they're in the same age group. They're, you know, very social guys and they have a lot of friends and they like to have a good time and they may party harder than some of us. Um, but that being said, Michael and Chase were very close to their family, which is why we know uh, that this is just off the walls. Absurd. I mean, it's not, they would not just take off on us. A lot of people, you know, will give you their theories, but Chase and I can't speak for, for Michael, but from what I hear, they just are not the kind of guys to go um, to leave us like we were a really tight-knit family we talked on the daily um so you know he did have some circumstances leading up to his missing i'd say about two weeks prior um my stepfather passed away he lost his job logging from covid so he was stuck at home alone um and i think it just really i think he was in a dark place feeling depressed um and maybe you know took something he shouldn't have um but before that he had never messed with really hard things and i can't say exactly what he might have taken but i have my own theories that you know whatever he could have experienced with in his low time definitely took him really quick or maybe he got wrapped up in the wrong people you know there's all kinds of theories you start <clears throat> putting through your head when something like this happens. Um, but even so, he was just such a charming, loving soul that I have a hard time just letting it go. You can't, you just want answers. Right. So, I'd like to just chime in if you don't mind on that. No, one. no, go right, Brandy, go for it. This is your guys' <clears throat> conversation. You know, I, I think what kind of the thing, you know, especially with Michael Bryson, I mean, we're talking about a demographic here and we're talking about young, you know, nearly adolescent, fresh in their 20s, experiencing life and learning. And I can speak for Chase, you know, yeah, he had, we are suspicious of some short time uh, interactions on the drug side of the world, but that was very recent to him. And that means during this time, during this time of stress and depression for him, he may have been introduced to new people, people in different groups that he wasn't experiencing before. Uh, but regardless, there's a lot of suspicious circumstances that lead up to this. And this is a kid that is a good kid. He's charming, like Cherish mentioned, and he got mixed up in the wrong crowd very late in his life. 
his short life now. Um, but that doesn't take any of the priority off of why he's missing and where he's gone. Just because he made that wrong turn doesn't make him a bad person. Uh, and the fact that it's unfortunate, but there is a commonality between these demographics. There are kids in this age group that may be having mistakes or messing around or experimenting in their life that are now going missing. Uh, and because they made one wrong choice in their life, now they're being deprioritized or it's a, a what did you expect scenario. Uh, but that's exactly. just not right. I mean, we need to protect all of our community uh, I think there's a lot of a lot of kids that are going into their late teens and early 20s. They're going to be ex exposed to this type of group and maybe do their own testing. And what are we going to write all of them off as well? I think we need to have a plan in place. We need to have a priority. And if there's a problem that's here in this group that's not being regulated properly, we need to dive down to the bottom of it and figure out what what is the problem here and how can we correct this for the future of our generations. Because Parrish told me to watch a special today, and Parrish, I did. Like I did my homework, just like you told me I had to. <laughs> and um, I was shocked to hear this. I, you know, we know there's. I, I know of um, who is the other woman we had on the show, Parrish, uh, recently with with you guys here. Um, that's still the Fauna Fry case. Yeah, she's. You know, and same thing. I think what happens is people look at it and go, okay. You know, she had these deaths in the family and then this is going on. So there's the reason. So now what? We feel okay because we don't find her? Yeah. Um, and it's like we get that, that all the time, Rick. It's like, well, Michael was depressed because his grandpa died and this and that and a bunch of other stuff. And, you know, I, I'm telling you right now, Michael did not just run off to California and assume a new life. He did not go get a sex change and become Michelle. I mean, we've heard so many just crazy ass stories. It's like, no, we know our son. Just like just like Cherry said, you know, Chase is a young man that no matter what he was going through, he contacted his family. No matter what. And Michael was the same exact way. And that's why I know Michael's not missing. Michael is missing, yes, but he's missing because of foul play, not because he walked away. Um, L.R. Shaw, I really appreciate what you're putting into this thing. He's resource marketing or something. I don't know who you are, but exactly. Group of men missing with similarities. Disturbing number of w missing women in Oregon in the past two years. There are over 300 women who are still reported missing in Oregon just in the last two years. There are 61 women over the age of 30 missing, and 37 of them are missing in southern Oregon, of course. Um, not only women are missing, uh, as there are so many children and men missing, too. Missing people is a crisis that gets shoved aside as not enough resources. Um, yeah. it's, it's, does it feel, Tina, for you like, um, like, like, I mean, the most the ultimate when you see the case, you know, with the, the young couple down in Florida, and you see all like good morning america and oh well, you know and everybody's putting this all on and it's and because obviously i mean from what we hear in the reports they didn't have a perfect life so okay they didn't use drugs if that we know of um but does it feel like it devalues michael and and chase and other people because they're not superstar missing people <clears throat> Absolutely. You know, when we were following the Gabby case and I was so happy for that family when she was found because they have something that we don't and that's closure. Um, but absolutely. I mean, FBI was involved in that case right away. We asked FBI, we called FBI and, and tried to get them involved in the Michael case. But Lane County Sheriff's Office has to okay them to come in, and they wouldn't. 
Um, they didn't ask for help. So I, I don't understand. I don't understand why some people get help from the FBI and, and a whole bunch of agencies and then others don't. And, and well, no, dis I, I and think no it's pretty obvious. I think it's, it's completely judgmental and it's, it's, it's basing it on um, information that, well, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say, yeah, they deserve it. But I think you heard that from people. It's like with that, that you know, well, you know, they kind of made their own bed and that's just not fair. No, because those other people, because if really, if you want to get to the bottom line, that couple did too. Something was going on there that wasn't quite right and all that. So why is that any better than this? And why are they more important than your kids and your, and your brother? Brandon, what, you're a thinker. I, I, I can just tell by looking at your face. Um, just tell me. I've been, no. told, I've been told worse after looking at my face. Thank you. <laughs> so what do you really want to say? Well, I just want to bring awareness, you know, and we'll talk about the, the Gabby case. And obviously we all live through that and it's hard not to be jealous, right? Or envious of that situation. My, my personal opinion on it is still a good thing. I mean, it's bringing attention to a national problem. And yeah, they picked one couple that had a very interesting story that people couldn't help but cling on to. And that definitely helped get the job done. But they did get it done. It shows that it can happen. And, right. and I'm not fully caught up on the numbers, but I've heard that they found nine other missing bodies during the search for, for Gabby. Like this just goes to show this isn't just an Oregon problem. This is a national problem. Uh, it's happening everywhere. And so those nine other families maybe now have some resolve as well. Um, so, you know, something with, with Gabby, as hard as it is not to feel left out of that, it's still beneficial for the whole cause overall. Uh, I think just bringing awareness and, and not forgetting. Uh, I mean, with, with Chase, he's been missing for a year and a half now, and I still run into friends and they go, is he still missing? Gosh, it's been that long. Like it's, 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 it's very easy. And I do it myself to hear a story, get heavily involved for a short period of time and then move on with your life. And then six months pass and you realize that hasn't been resolved yet. Uh, you feel it a lot closer when you're directly involved, but it does hurt still. And there is a way to solve these problems. It just takes that priority, the resources behind it. It is a huge problem uh, that I don't think is being addressed as well as it could be. Uh, so again, my thought is just is bringing awareness to the cause. I mean, we're, we're talking about two, three families here, uh, but we're a very small, small part of this overall conversation. Uh, and the, but the more we talk, the more people are going to be aware and hopefully it turns into a bigger conversation. Yeah, Kristen says a human life is a human life. If you think one human matters more than the next, you are trash. <laughs> I haven't forgotten, Michael. He went missing basically in my backyard. <clears throat> Yeah, I think it's, you know, we're, we're really, we have a really short term memory and I think it causes our, our culture, a lot of problems. You know, I mean, you know, even for me, when I had cancer, I remember people come up and go, oh, well, you'll be fine. And then they'd walk away and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. Your definition of fine and mine did change a lot when I found out I had cancer. Cause now you get to go home and you get to just pretend it doesn't happen, but Michael's still missing. Chase is still missing. And, and people, you know, I, I guess I don't know what you do. I guess what, from that special I was watching, I think it's a it's a mindset change that we need to make as a culture. And we need to push our police agencies to go, OK, instead of handling. Oh God, you could get yourself in so much trouble. 
Oh, let's do it. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> How much police time is spent on community policing and taking care of problems, you know, people beating each other up and, you know, marital issues and all that stuff when, you know, we need somebody that can do that. They're not social service workers. They're supposed to be people investigating. It seems like we need to get this thing straightened out because it always costs money, but they spend so much time with arguments and people on the streets and Eugene, I'm sure it's all the people all over doing petty crimes that they have no time to go looking for things like this and provide like Chase, not things like this, but people like Chase and Lacey's husband and Michael, um, cause we're spending so much time with all this little bullshit. There. <laughs> I, said it, I, 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 I couldn't agree more. Picture. I mean, you have a hierarchy, I guess, of, of, uh, of crimes, if you want to call it that way of what's important, what we need to solve first. You know, you've got your, you know, your murders and your child abductions or, you know, child, um, you know, trafficking. I mean, I mean, and then, you know, at the very bottom, you have missing people and, you know, missing people is I'm, I'm sorry, but it's kind of a catch all. I'm, they're not missing. I mean, they're 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 not all runaways. They're not all trying to change their identity. I mean, when they tried saying that, that Fauna was out there with hair coloring and trying to do all this other stuff and no, well, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't buy it. You know, and it, what makes a missing person come to the top? I mean, do we need to create a special task force just for this in our government? I mean, well, you know, just just like what Brandon said, what do we need to do to get this more front and center? Because there's too many of these young adults, midlife adults, even older adults that are missing. I mean, well, it makes you wonder if there's some. If they're getting, you know what I mean, especially like with some of the women and well, even men, because they're used for sex stuff, too. But if people aren't being kidnapped, maybe they're not dead. Maybe these people are being kidnapped. And and if we put more effort into finding and we, we could find them. Lacey said that one of the things she was talking about. Oh, God, what did she say? She said that people that they're not putting they don't even put a priority on it as soon as they figure out that it's there's drugs involved or somebody was depressed or something like that then it just goes away and nobody talks about it. It's like, okay, it's almost like, okay, that one's solved. Um, and it goes back on the back burner when it's really not solved for people like you guys. Right. Yeah. And, and we get cases that come across Michael's page, you know, daily of, you know, like I said, like of runaways or people that are in compromising positions and, you know, and, and I don't want to downplay those either because as a, someone that has a loved one that's missing, when someone is not in your home, that should be, it's very heart wrenching, but some of those people have a choice. They have a choice to stay in their, you know, in, in their, what you want to call it environment or situation or come home, you know, and, and I'm not saying that they're not any less important either. They need to be educated of why they're, where they're at, they're in danger, why their parents are so up in arms about where they're at and why, um, going back to what Brandon said, you know, it's, it, we need to educate these young adults about what's out there. And, and what can destroy not just them, but the family. Um, well, is, isn't it also kind of frustrating? I mean, especially, um, well, both your cases, because we don't know Chase. Somebody saw Chase, um, but somebody somebody knows what happened, and more than one somebody. Absolutely. Um, in both your cases, and, and, and pe people know. And I think that's what's so frustrating um, has to be and um, and we have so many laws and handcuffs, really the handcuffs, this is an interesting thing. 
the handcuffs had been put on Cherish and Brandon and Lacey and her two children and Parrish and Tina and all of your friends and Michael's friends who dearly loved him and Chase's friends who loved him. The only person that don't have the handcuffs on um, are the people who did this. Absolutely. Our, so, our tongues, our tongues are tied in so many different areas. I mean, I would love to be able to, to, to tell you everything, but I can't. And that's not, that's not right. Our laws are, our laws need to be looked at again when it comes to these type of things. A lot of our laws are written to protect the people that should be in handcuffs. You're absolutely right. So Parrish and Tina, you guys have now that nonprofit status, which is hopefully will help Chase and Delacy and other people too. Let's talk a little bit about that real quick. So um, we created the Michael Bryson Foundation to help um, promote not just um, awareness for missing people, but also help people find their loved ones. And we're hoping that with this nonprofit status, um, it will open up some avenues that we'll be able to bring in some some more people to help with these investigations and help with, you know, um, even things like forensic, you know, um, testing things. I mean, we've still got things that are, you know, on the back burner that haven't been tested yet that, you know, um, when, when something's found, I mean, I feel it's just as important as somebody else's, you know, and it needs to be tested right now, you know, uh, because it might move us in the direction we need to go. So with our, with the foundation, we're hoping to come up with, um, funding that will allow us to help people not only with the, like I said, finding loved ones, but also the preventative part. And that is um, educating these young adults about addiction, um, educating families about mental health, uh, mental health awareness. Um, it's not a negative stigma. It's something that everybody has in one form or another. And how do we get past that in a positive way so we don't become addicted to a substance that can harm us um so there's a lot of different avenues we want to go with this foundation and and i just like i said just spreading spreading awareness about those three things and and when do we as a culture um understand that um mental health is not a choice yeah. and mental health is not something that you you get over and mental health is is another disease um that is real. I, I remember, you know, I've, I've struggled with some depression, never like um, medically diagnosed, but enough depression that, you know, I know what it is. And I, I love it when people say, well, why, just get in a better mood. Yeah. And you're like, okay, you know what? Cause that's cause you've never done this. And you've seen Chase where in his worst place and you've seen yeah. in his worst place. And it's not something you get over, but it's not something we write people off with because it's that, that they're dealing with. Would we go out and say, oh, you know, um, Jana's missing. She had cancer. She's probably going to die anyway. So, you know, and she went out on that road. She knew having cancer that you should not be out there by yourself. So, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate, you know, I mean, we wouldn't do that. And yet we do that when it sees it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like the sin tax. We, we come up with the sins that we, we think that are the worst. And then we write people off because of them. And maybe that's the cultural change that needs to happen is start looking at people as human beings and that mental health is not a choice. Um, you know, that it, it's something that people have and struggle with. You guys are so brave. I feel like I'm in the best company right now. Um, Cause I, and, and I think it's what's really, really super, super sweet about this and Lacey too. I'm sorry we couldn't get her on. Um, 
but you loved them so much that you just keep doing this. And I think that says a lot about Michael and Chase, you know? Yeah, yeah I wanted to call out their t-shirts. The I have them. There really is no finish. I am a member of the Michael and Bryson t-shirt club. And, uh, well, I, and I have a new one coming. I've learned tonight that another one is coming on the way. But um, but you guys, I mean, what, how nice that Chase had a sister. Um, that well, if my mom has passed away, so she would be doing this. Um, and then my stepfather, too. So I'm it. And then, of course, you know, I have three kids. So it's it's a challenge. I wish I had, like, I can't chase every lead myself. I can't take kids to go put up posters. So I wish I had a you know, what I thought was going to happen when he went missing is we were going to find him pretty soon. I was definitely naive and I guess hopeful. I had never been through this before and it's definitely not a club you want to join or be a part of. Um, but I, I short, it didn't take long until I, I realized what was happening, that I wasn't going to get the help I thought. Right. And you guys, just so you know, um, not just you, but the audience too, is there is so much more that these people could be saying that they know, but they're being kind and they're, they're being careful, but there's a lot more to all of these stories and they know a lot more. Um, but it's, again, you have to, you have to tread lightly, um, in order to, you know, I don't know, I, I'll leave it at that. You just have to tread lightly. Um, so if people want to help you out, what can they do? And for both families, is it all, I, that was really smart to put that poster up there. Um, there's obviously a phone number there for the Chase case. And, uh, and for the Bryson's, for um, the foundation, how can you just kind of rattle off information that people can find? Um, well, the it's michaelbrysonfoundation.com is the website. And it kind of gives a little backstory about Michael and it also gives a story about where we're going with the foundation. And, and one thing I want to say to Cherish and Brandon is that um, that's one of our goals is because um, I've been fortunate enough to be able to put the time and energy into searching for Michael um, that I have. Um, unfortunately, you can't. And that's one thing that I want to do with the foundation is, is to be able to bring some other people on board with us so we can gather information like with Chase and like with Jacob Riggs um the, you know these these cases like this and really devote one or two people to them to really start digging in working hand in hand with law enforcement i will, I will add because they are short-staffed um but really doing the legwork that we can that they are limited to do um that's that's what the foundation is is trying to do um, going out and doing searches organizing things giving giving families the the tools that they need um, in the first six hours, 12 hours, 24, 48, what do I do? Um, like, like Cherish said, this is a club we didn't want to belong to, but because we belong to this club, we have learned some painstaking mistakes as well as life lessons that we want to be able to give to another family. So they don't have to go through that, like what we did, they can hit the road running and really get some good meat on the table. If you want to say to find these loved ones. <clears throat> You guys, thank you so much for um, just being who you are, you know, <laughs> and um, yeah. 
I, I want to say one more thing and then I'll let you go. I did see somebody ask how the general public could help. Um, what I would say to that is, you know, I was just as passive before I joined this club, uh, for lack of a better way to say it. I would pass by missing persons posters all the time. Um, but, you know, just like Michael's parents, um, since it's happened with Chase, I have taken so much time in caring. Um, for other missing people. And I know, I can't speak for Tina and Parrish, but I know it's true that they care just as much about Chase being found um, as I do. And I just pray for the day that Michael's found too. So Absolutely. if you want to help just really, you know, take the extra time to walk up to the poster and look for it. Um, and if you ever have free time, I mean, Tina and Parrish always have search um, parties. So it may be that they can even, you know, locate something else. So it's helpful just to get involved. Yeah. And, um, I could speak for the parish and Tina that, um, there's only been a couple shows we've ever done that is just them. Um, and about Michael and all, all, <clears throat> all the other times we have other people that we share it with. And I think that says everything. They've, they've been just amazing. And as unfortunate as it was, the circumstances that brought you into this world, I can speak for Cherish and myself and probably dozens of other families of how grateful we are to have you uh, as someone to lean on and to learn from. You guys have been an absolute example. And I could tell you, I mean, Michael would just be so proud to have parents doing what you guys are doing every day. You're inspiring. Uh, so thank you guys so much. And, and to your point, thank you for getting us on this show and giving us this opportunity. Another thing that we would not have without you guys. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it all sucks, but uh, it's good to have people like you on our side and helping, helping get the cause taken care of. Thank you. Wow. Okay, you guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh. Wrap it up, Rick. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. All right. Thank you, Thank you so much, both all of you, all four of you. For, and Lacey, I'm sorry that, that we couldn't get you on, but um, we're so, um, sorry and our hearts go out to you too. Okay. Thanks, you guys. Thank I'm going to pull Rick. you guys out of here. You betcha. So um, we want to thank our friends, our new friends at Olson Run Winery uh, for sponsoring that portion of the show. We also want to thank Dr. Michael Bratlin for sponsoring our shows all the time. We could not do our shows. He's our biggest sponsor in the world. Um, yeah, you know it's you know what I, I think I love about meeting people like Cherish and Brandon and Parrish and Tina and Lacey and people like that. Um, and I don't I don't mean this to be. I, I just take it the way that my heart means it and stuff, but. When you get done talking to people like that, I, f I feel alive. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm alive. Like I, like I care more. And, and that, and, and, and I don't mean this. I mean, I, I feel horrible for them and what has gone on, but it, you know, I, maybe that's Michael and Chase reaching out through their souls. I don't, I don't know, but I, I feel good that people love people that much because in this world right now, I think people are just so fucking nasty. And, and maybe that just shows you, um, you know, hope or resolve or that 
You know, I don't know. I guess love is maybe it shows you that love is more powerful than anger. It's more powerful than COVID. It's more powerful than mandates and masks and rules and regulations and bullshit and lying and politics and budgets and spending my fucking money. Um, love really gives you that, that thing that you need. And um, to see people's love for relatives that are gone and they know they're gone, you know, but you got to have a body because you have to see it for yourself. And that's where we can all help. So anyway, um, thank you for being here tonight. Um, I appreciate you guys watching. Share this on your own page uh, so that other people can see it. Maybe they'll spot their faces, see them, and, and remember something that'll help out. Um, tomorrow night, we're going to talk to a guy who uh, is a candidate for governor. He's running for governor. Um, he will be with us. We'll also have Mike from Greater Idaho, who was supposed to be on tonight, but we obviously had a pretty packed show. He'll be on tomorrow night as well to talk about um, um, some of the headway they've made and what that really means and that sort of thing. And Kim Stark will be here to give you the weekend events and what's coming up on the weekend. All right. I'm Rick Dancer. Have a great night. Um, and um, yeah, just have a good night.